All right, the pilot number 76. Uh, we continue to roll this year. We've had some pretty good shows, Fonz. And uh, we're, we're just going to carry on with another great show. I, I'm excited for today. I'm excited for where we are. Um, how are you? I'm great, man. Can you smell that? Oh, it smells like oil. <laughs> it smells amazing in here. We are in an awesome space. Uh, we are with awesome people. Uh, Brian Dominguez, how are you? Doing great, man. Yeah, and you and you got and you brought someone special with you today. Yeah, I brought uh, Trace Edwards with me, man. I am far from special. <laughs> but I meant to not build this shit up. And I didn't mean special short bus. I no. meant legit special. No, no. <laughs> well, you've done you've done some stuff. You've done some stuff in your past. You're doing something really incredible, and that's why you're here. And that's what we're going to talk about. Um, but before we get into into today. Describe the setting for our listeners. Where are we? What kind of awesome freaking space do we have that we're recording in today? We are in an old, old building. I would say built in the early 20s, 30s. Uh, it's a radiator shop. <laughs> Benny Cervantes owns it. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of the place? Benny's House of Radiators. Yeah. And it's yeah. on Harbor off of PCH. Yeah, it's in PCH just on the east side of Long Beach or west side of Long Beach, actually. So, yeah. Benny's been here quite a long time. He's third generation radiator business. Gotcha. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Benny, Th thanks for having us, man. Thanks for letting us uh, hang out here. Dude, I saw Brian open the doors and then he closed them and locked them. I was like, hold up. Where are the chainsaws? I don't see any chainsaws. <laughs> we're not getting slaughtered today. Yeah. Uh, but what we are doing is uh, we're going to talk with Trace and Brian uh, for the next uh, couple of uh, moments. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff. One good stuff coming up in March. Tell our listeners about well, uh, it's a new car show uh, called the Blood Drive Car Show. Um, in my years past, I've produced uh, Ink and Iron, Long Beach Motorama. Yeah. So, you know, just uh, those were car shows for just cars. Now we have a car show with a cause, a bigger message with a bigger purpose. Um, and so, you know, it all developed uh, this past uh season with with the three hurricanes that wiped out two states in puerto rico uh right after that we have the uh vegas shooting which uh i had personally eight friends get caught up in and drove out there to be part of the blood doning you know givers and uh got turned away after about a six and a half hour wait and the historic the hysteria was through the roof and i'm kind of heavily tattooed so they looked at me and were like, you know, we just can't right now. So I left that, drove home, asking a ton of questions. When I got back to the office, started Googling, and I wasn't happy with any answer that I came, that was given to me. So jumping back into the show business, I felt that uh, if we're going to bring back a car show and it's, it's got all this energy and all these people coming together, it had to have a bigger purpose, a bigger message. And uh, being that, you know, I... It came to my awareness that we have a daily shortage of blood. I felt that we needed to, to educate American citizens and get them involved because it's only citizens that will cure this problem. This is not a problem that will be cured by any government. So uh, that was the purpose for like formulating the blood drive car show. Um, I then put together a long involved letter, sent it off to the American Red Cross. Um, Strange enough, heard and got an answer. They were interested, so we, we propositioned, hey, we'll, we'll put together a car show, create this experience, and allow donors that are on their donor list, 
to have it for free, to give back to those people who are giving life. Um, secondly, educate the, the you know, citizenry of America as to the myths uh, that they think blood is frozen. Blood is not frozen. You cannot freeze blood. Uh, anybody that's ever frozen water, you see water freezes, it becomes shards. Shards interlock. Well, you, who wants shards running around in your body? You can't. So blood is not freezing, freezable. It is a 42-day shelf life. Uh, platelets. Platelets are what cancer patients need. They only last five days out of the human body. So we have a serious need for these products. This started because of Las Vegas, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, you see these humans displaced in, in natural disasters, and then we have, um, you know, ability for crazy people to get guns, and crazy people do crazy shit. Yeah. And uh, that's how, you know, Vegas took place, was a crazy, you know, guy with a, with a lot of guns um, and doing a lot of damage. And so uh, that's how this all came about. It was those key points in, in our time. And, and why Long Beach? It's my hometown. Oh, I've great. done business here in Long Beach for 15 years now. Um, and I, I always want to represent the city because it has a rich car culture history that goes back to the early 40s. Um, I personally inherited a car club that was founded by five high school friends in Long Beach. Uh, they went off to World War II, three made it out alive. They came back home. They started the Renegades of Long Beach Car Club. So it's got a rich history. Uh, it's, got, it's got what we need, um, which is the Queen Mary is our backdrop with the harbor and the city. That's awesome. Um, you're no stranger to putting events, especially here in Long Beach. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, you helped create Ink and Iron. Um, how will you bring those previous experiences to this car show? What, what, what should we expect out of this car show? Well, uh, being that we have a, a, a strong, rich background in producing these shows, I'm able to extract a lot of the historical aspects of right our on. culture. Um, through Motorama, that allowed me to really bond and create friendships with America's first generation of customizers and hot rods. So we're bringing all that. Um, everybody's heard of George Barris. We have recreated his shop from 1958 up in Linwood on Atlantic Boulevard. And we actually have cars being displayed in that diorama shop that were built at the real shop. Nice. So we, we, we bring things, you know, items and people and cars from the past. We reposition them in a modern day setting and we educate the future uh, because it is the, fu the, the education factor is what drives this whole thing. Um, we get in at one level, but we always want to, we thirst for knowledge. W my partner and I are very uh, proficient at extracting that knowledge, finding it, and, re you know, repositioning it in, uh, for a new modern world. Cool. What kind of cars should um, we expect to see at the event? And is there a competition involved? Will there be a, a, a crown champion, or is it just well, kind of? Well, there's always a competition in a car show. Um, we've enlisted some world-class builders to do our picks. So, right on. Um, Junior Conway, it, he was the house painter of Barris Customs back in the day. Um, he's on, on, on site this, uh, for our weekend uh, picking best paint. Uh, since he's been laying down candy since candy was invented in 56, <laughs> he knows a little something about candy. <laughs> um, we have, then have Tom Kelly, 
Tom Kelly will be on um, uh, awarding the Baron's Excellence in Pinstriping. Now, who's the Baron? Well, the Baron is the number first guy coming out of World War II from, to go from sign painting to pinstriping. Right behind him, you got Tommy the Greek in the north. Right behind him, you got Dean Jeffries, the striping kid. Then you got Larry Watson, Ed Roth, Tom Kelly. Tom Kelly's the last of the living legends of seven original pinstripers. Sweet. Living. So he's on board doing that. Um, we then have Walden Speed Shop. Um, they're a metal hot rod fabrication shop, so they're, of course, awarding uh, best overall metal fabrication. Uh, you got Hollywood Hot Rods, Troy Ladd Shop. Uh, they do a respect tradition, and that award can go for traditional hot rod or custom. And then we have Jimmy from Sledsville. They basically build a lot of custom lead sleds is the old term. Um, and so he's doing best overall silhouette for a custom. Each one of those awards also comes with a $1,000 retail watch from one of my watch sponsors. So that's what else I'm good at is leveraging corporate America to give back to these guys who, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. We bleed for these cars. Yeah, right on, man. That's, that's a, that sounds great, Fonz. Yeah. So you're not originally from Long Beach then, right? No. I was born in Bellflower, home of Larry Watson's shop, lived in Arcadia, my pops passed away when I was 12. Mom says, I'm not raising a kid down here in crazy Southern California. <laughs> she shipped, you know, we moved up to Pismo Beach. Uh, so I grew up in Pismo Beach, but at the age of 21, I had bigger dreams and more wants than that place could ever suffice. So I picked up my bags and moved back to Southern California and landed here in Long Beach, you know, 14 years ago. Why'd you pick Long Beach? It picked me. It did? It, it just, <laughs> it, it, there was no master plan. It just kind of happened. Um, you know, when I was putting together con the, the, the concepts for an ink and iron, I put, you know, half a dozen calls out to various venues. And the Queen Mary called me, said, yes, we'd love to have this. Only problem is we've only got our only date open six weeks from now. So we put the first show together in six weeks. Wow. <laughs> no one knew us. No, I didn't know anybody in the area. Um, and yet, from that point on, wind under our wings, and we flew to the stars. You have brass balls to do that in six weeks, man. <laughs> <laughs> or just wow. a lot of stupidity. <laughs> I, I, I don't know which one, but 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 we lucked out. The, the you know Long Beach embraced us, and we embraced from the moment from that first day. We embraced Long Beach's history, because Long Beach also has a long tattoo history. So That's we used right. to have the Pike, and in the Pike was a Bert, uh, shop called Burt Grimm's Tattoo Shop. So from 1923 to 2007, this one little shop operated as a tattoo shop, never shut down. Um, and here we come along in 2003, and starting this show, it's on Memorial Day weekend. So I felt, well, what better way to kick the show off is memorialize the legendary Burt Grimm shop. And the shop manager, um, Rick Walters, had just come out of heart surgery. So I then said, okay, well, we need to honor that guy with a, <laughs> you know, a, 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 a Lifetime Achievement Award because he just achieved life again. Yeah. So <laughs> I went together, built a, you know, cast my hand in glass holding a tattoo machine and created that award for him. And through just symbiotic walking through this earth, um, I meet a guy named Mike O'Brien who owns Pacific Coast Cycles. 
Well, he has in his garage the whole interior to Burt Grimm's shop. No way. Yeah. So he allowed me to come to his house and take the garage to the Queen Mary and set up Burt Grimm's shop at our first show. <laughs> oh. Sweet. Again, this is a lot of luck, you know. Yeah. Um, just a lot of just things that come together. What are your goals for the event? To educate American citizens that blood is a daily shortage product. We need blood products from plasma to blood to, to platelets. Um, most people feel that blood is frozen. It's in a lair in the middle of the Rockies, and it's on tap whenever we need it. It is not. Um, case in point, when Pulse Nightclub happened in Florida, um, the state of Florida did not have enough blood supply in the state to satisfy its medical system, and now this new injured list. So at 3 in the morning, they're airlifting blood out of Chicago. Now FedEx, uh, through the partnership, gives the free plane, but you got to cover the $20,000 fuel bill. So here we are spending five figures just to get blood into a region when it's needed. And that alone, logistically, from a business operator, is a nightmare that I would never want for my own balance sheet. So when I propositioned American Red Cross, I said, let's build a network of these car shows called Blood Drive Car Show, raise the awareness to the need, take in donations, whether it be blood, plasma, or cash contributions, because we got to cover the overhead of processing and transport, but get the blood, con uh, uh, blood donations up across a wide region, and now we're not transporting blood so far. We're lowering down their operational costs, at the same time upping the blood pint count across America. You know, um, you mentioned tattoos earlier. Tattoos, uh, classic cars kind of go hand in hand. Can you talk about people's worries that if they have tattoos that they can't donate blood. How much is, is there truth in that? Is there not any truth at all? There's absolutely no truth to that. That is a huge myth and we cannot afford for 110 million tattooed Americans to think that they're tainted and not worthy of giving blood. Um, and that was one of the things I worked with the American Red Cross on is that there are now actual stipulated guidelines that if your tattoo work is done within any of the 35 states that have embraced medical procedure uh, guidelines, then you're clear for takeoff, as long as your tattoo work isn't 40, 48 hours old or newer, right? Because the skin's still open, you can bloodborne pathogen train, uh, cross-contamination can take place. So uh, if, your blood, if your tattoo work is now 48 hours or older, you're clear for takeoff. Or not made in an El Salvadorian prison. Correct. <laughs> okay. If you walk up and your, your black and gray work uh, appears that it may have been performed in an institution of correctional facility, so to speak, <laughs> um, it's not that you're turned away and told never. It's you take a blood test, sample it, 48 hours, you're clear, come back and be a donor for life. So, Cool. You like cars, you like ink. Um, I like come history. Out. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, if you're someone listening to the show, you like cars, you like ink, come check out, come to the event, kick ass cars, um, donate some blood, you're able to, and uh, shoot, you might walk out with a cookie. Yeah, at least, at, at least. <laughs> Are um, there gonna be tunes at this event? Is there like, uh, what we got going on here? Yeah, so we've what we brought in is uh, the artist Coop, uh, who is a paint, you know, culture painter. 
he's spinning three hours of a set um, and, and pulling out what's in his head because I want to hear what's in an artist's head. So we've got Coop on hand. Sweet. We've got also um, a gentleman by the name of DJ Dan. He plays in a band called the Dinotones. Um, he's coming in and spinning. And then we have Long Beach's local crew, Slop Stomp, um, who's been at Alex's bar for four, and a, four plus years. Yeah. So we embrace the local community as well to provide that entertainment and that backdrop. And if you can just imagine, right, like just like a, a, a lazy march with a Queen Mary as the background, the sun setting, you got the ocean, you got all these cars. It's going to be it's going to be great. Yeah. And, and part of this show is bona fide show cars. There are lots of classic cars roaming the streets and we want those cars because they represent our past and the current passion. Um, but what separates this outdoor car show is a it's on grass. Most car shows in Southern California are on black asphalt. Um, B we're surrounded on two sides by water. Um, and then we have the skyline in our backdrop. So I uh, curate, even though it's an outdoor show, I curate it as if it was my indoor Lo Long Beach Motorama or a museum. So along the water's edge, we're placing uh, the show cars so that as people step back 15 feet, take their picture, it'll appear as the car is on the water with the skyline behind it and unobstructed views, nothing breaking up the silhouette of the cars themselves. So we, we feature them as stars. So if someone wants to bring their car, what kind of car uh, do, they, do they need? Is there like a guideline for that? Well, we prefer not stock cars. Um, nothing newer than 1969, because it all goes to shit after that. <laughs> you know? now, now that being said, there are some bomb ass lowriders that are rolling in the 70 to 75 range. And I'm not gonna kick them in the shin and tell them no. But predominantly, we like to keep it 69 and older. We like to keep it uh, hot rods and customs, but we've opened it up to Volkswagens. We've got historical drag cars here. Um, I was just at a mo motorcycle show on Sunday before the Super Bowl in Ventura, and we've got you know two dozen highly finished show custom choppers and, and bobber bikes coming. So you're gonna see, um, you know, if you're into the 65 Carroll Shelby Cobras, I got a few of those with, you know, Art Chrisman motors. And these names may not mean anything to you <laughs> gentlemen, but Art Chrisman is the legendary engine builder in our group. Um, he built his name uh, back with Lions, Bonneville. I mean, he is the engine builder. And sadly enough, he's no longer with us. All right. I think... Um I think you should come out, if you're listening to this uh, show, come out March 3rd at the Queen Mary. Um, bring your friends, even if they're tattooed. I think it's a good time to take a break.
we're back. Yep. The pilot number 76, Trace Edwards, yeah, Brian pretty, Dominguez. That's pretty cool. It's 76, like, you know, like the gas station, and we're we're in a, an auto place, and we're talking to car guys. It all ties together. It all ties it together. All, it's it crazy. Just, the stars align. <laughs> I like yep. it. I like it. We got uh, Trace Edwards, Brian Dominguez. Uh, we got Blood Drive Car Show coming up March 3rd. March 3rd. March 3rd at the Queen Mary. Yep. Mary uh, Bridges Park. It's the 10-acre park at the end of the property, um, surrounded by water with the skyline in the background. So you can't get a better setting shoot. for a car show. Bring a date. Bring several dates. Bring, if, they, yeah. if they're all going to yeah. donate <laughs> blood, bring several dates, like however many. If every time you're going to get caught, do it here so everyone can donate blood. If she can bleed, she can participate. Okay. I, mean, I thought you were going to say something. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. Wow. She could donate. Yes. If she can bleed, she could donate, right? right? I like that. All right, we can edit that out later. <laughs> All right, so you, you talked about the cutoff. You know, it's not a, a, a formal cutoff. But you said uh, pre-69. But, you know, cars have changed throughout the decades, from like the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Uh, what's your favorite decade and why? Oh, shit. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, I well, I, I own cars that are from the 30s. I own cars that are from the 40s, and I own cars that are from the 50s. So <laughs> I am not pinned. I, I, there's not just one genre. Um, a, a, a car guy is into most every era, you know. I like the 20s. I like the brass era cars. Um, I don't own any, but I like to I like to see them. I like to work, you know, see them go. Um, I had a you know the fortunate uh, adventure of going to a car show back in Akron, Ohio. Oh. Drove nine states for a one day car show. Wow! <laughs> well, you I do love it. cars. You well, do love cars. I, I I bought a car at an auction. It was a little micro car called a Gogo Mobile. You probably have never seen this, <laughs> yeah. but it's. It's the first generation of automobile coming out of Europe that gets Germany and Europe back on its wheels and off of bikes. So it was a little micro car, fully finished, restored. It came with an invitation to a Pebble Beach style concourse show back in Akron. So I loaded up the trailer, the dog, the girlfriend, nine states for a one day car show. Wow. But when I got there, we were amongst 20s and 30s coach built Cadillacs. There were only 49 Tuckers made. We were with seven of them. We all went on a 90-mile trip with four Stanley Steamer cars, Packards that were from the teens with chain-driven, so <laughs> with leather fenders, wow. right? So if you're a car guy, which that's I consider myself a car guy, I love anything on four wheels <laughs> from any era. Um, now, that being said, I don't want to own everything like that, but so I, the, the, the cars that I do own is a 31 Model A sedan that's a highly finished show car, um, a 40 sedan, Ford, um, that is more hot rod-ish and daily driver, and then a comprehensively restored 58 Thunderbird um, that I drive daily. So that is my daily transportation. So there's not one era, there's several eras. <laughs> and several models and styles. What was your first car ever? My first car <laughs> ever was a Nissan pickup. And within three weeks of owning a brand new pickup, I lowered it to three quarters of an inch <laughs> off the ground and was <laughs> ripping reflectors off the ground when I changed lanes. Um, so 
you know, I had that car within its first year. I put a Mustang two front end underneath the front of it, a four bar link in the rear of it, and was customizing mini trucks. I come from that mini truck era. Um, simultaneously, my friends were into bugs. So that's where we all started this. Um, and, and, and reversing back a little bit in the story, my mom moved us up to Central Coast. Well, at the age of 16, when she decided that I should no longer live in her house, I moved to a little city called Paso Robles. Oh, yeah, I have family there. And, okay, yeah, so yeah. you know the city. Yeah. And uh, coincidentally, this car show came to town every year called West Coast Customs Cruising National. On Spring Street? You bet. <laughs> it was right in the right downtown park. Yeah. And so every year, the equivalency of the car carnival came to my hometown. I grew up in a drag race family. Uh, our family had been drag racing at er uh, Lions and Irwindale since early 60, um, which that dragster is going to be at the show, our family dragster. No we way. still have it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So we, the family kept it, um, and it runs an engine. It's a, called a Tempest engine, uh, which is a V8 sawed in half. So it's a four-banger, and it was done by Mickey Thompson, who is a legendary car guy. Um, so yeah, so that, that, that history will be at the show. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how all of this kind of got into my blood. Uh, grew up with boats, dragsters, that's kind of family we were, and then moved to Paso Robles and the, the, the car show, the car carnival came to town. So me and Walter grew up in Southgate and, and Mickey Thompson I'm had sorry. like... <laughs> Yeah, we grew up in Southgate, then we had Brian's friends from <laughs> were, an early age. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there was a Mickey Thompson off-road uh, um, shop, it, like on on State and uh, in California. That's you guys awesome. remember like Tweety? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. By the yes. Altadena. Yeah, across right? the street. Yep, there yeah, was a Mickey Thompson off-road right there. And I remember driving by. Yeah, you know, I think Southeast LA is on the map with car culture, right? Like Linwood and that area. Oh, right? oh, you mentioned George. Well, Ferris. yeah, yeah. I mean. Bellflower, Linwood, uh, Downey, uh, Bell, Bell Gardens. They're all the homes of, of the original guys, the first generation. Back in the day. Well, back in the day, it was open fields. It was just roaming land. You know, it wasn't like today where it's just built up and, and, and or run down and built up and run down over an hour. It was all just wide open, raw land. So it was cheap for these guys to get these shops and create these businesses. How old does a car need to be for it to be considered a classic? Well, strange <laughs> enough, <laughs> I got a text today from a guy who has a 1988 Fiero. <laughs> I know what that is. Yeah, yeah, he's complaining that the show is too narrow in its scope. <laughs> Anything with a plastic bumper is not part of a collectible car era. You know, when bumpers stopped being metal and chrome, that's when the collector cars, by and large, a good way of putting it. fell off. Um, now, that being said, Bugattis, they have plastic bumpers. Rolls Royces, they, they will go up in value because they're limited production. But any mass-produced plastic bumper, electroplated plastic car, it's worth zero when you're done using it after five to ten years. They have no resale value. They're not collectible. So for me, the classic car is a collectible car, one that is an appreciating asset rather than a depreciating asset. Um, and I learned this the hard way. 
uh, at one point in time, I could afford a seven series BMW. Granted, you know, this thing cost me by the time you're done paying with insurance or with uh, interest, you know, $80,000. At the end of the life of that car, granted, I put 300,000 miles on it, I was able to sell it for $500. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hell of a depreciating asset and I didn't have a business that could write that off so that's just that's just throwing hard good money in the toilet so after that experience is when I said no more I, I buy no more new cars no more plastic bumpers I only buy old cars because if all else fails they're my 401k you yeah. know they become your retirement they will always have a value they will always have a want for someone what's the minimum of like to have like a hot rod to be considered a hot rod to a car okay that's a good question hot rods end at 36 but for chevy 37 okay so cars begin at 36 for ford and all the other makes but chevy can go to 37 so anything after that would be a custom car anything prior to that those years would be a hot rod just even if it's stock, it's a hot rod? Absolutely. A 33, 34, 35, 36 Ford or any other make is a hot rod. And what's a traditional American styled? Traditional American styled yeah. would be anything that was um, era 42 through 47, 49. Because see what, how this whole hot rod thing explodes. You have all this youth coming home from World War II in 46, 47. Um, they learned how to do mechanics in the service. So they come home, they buy these old relics, these 32s, because <laughs> it's now 15 years later. Think about, you know, that time period. <laughs> yeah. These were old relics that they got. They had this, this thirst for speed and this knowledge of mechanics. So what is a hot rod? It's a stripped down car. They've taken the fenders off. They've lightened it up. They've pumped up the horsepower. They took it up, you know, an hour drive north of L.A. with Zell Mirage, and they went racing. And that is the birth of hot rodding. Um, I had the, you know, fortunate uh, to have met a, a gentleman by the name of Stuart Hilborn. He invents fuel injection, right? Like every <laughs> one of our cars today <laughs> runs up fuel. Yeah. This guy hand-builds his first fuel injection unit, in 46. Wow. By 51, three quarters of Indy's uh, field is running his injection system. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, again, a lot of blessed occurrences in my life to have met these legends and these, these heroes of our car culture. Um, and what I did when I met them is I cast their hands in glass holding the tool of their trade. And so that's called the Wall of Legends, which will be at Blood Drive Car Show. So you'll be able to see um, the guy who uh, created the first plexiglass bubble top on a car. His name's Daryl Starbird. He did it in 1960. Um, we have his hand, and it's holding a glass bubble top in his hand. <laughs> um, you've got George Barris. And you made these. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah, on. Yeah, I, I, I took a crash course in casting, because I'd never cast a thing in my life, um, but took a crash course in casting and called each one of them up, let them know who I was and what I'd like to do, and they all agreed. And uh, a gentleman by the name of Bill Hines, who happened to be 
four foot five inches tall, he actually allowed me to cast his head because he had a, a, a profile and a look that is so signature to this little man. And so, you know, it was very scary for me to bury his whole head in three inches of material, <laughs> thinking I could kill this legend. So he's synonymous with smoking a cigar. So his lip is curled around a cigar 90% of his life. Um, well, I duplicated that by putting a syringe in his mouth, and that was his breathing tube. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I went and found a syringe, perfect size, matched his cigar, had him, you know, put that in his lips. I, he was deaf, so I had to set up a series of squeeze techniques on his knees because that's the only way you can communicate when your head's buried in material. <laughs> you can't hear shit. Yeah. So, you know, he let me cast his head, and that was a, one of our awards for Motorama, um, a Metal Master Award, which is Bill's head mounted on a walnut wall plaque with his signature eyeglasses and a cigar sticking out of his, his, his mouth. Um, sadly, Bill left us uh, two years ago. So, you know, that's, that's one of the things that makes the Wall of Legends so prolific is that these guys are leaving us. Last year, we lost four in one year. A uh, year before that, we lost two. So we're losing these guys, and there's 26 men on the wall. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we've got that, uh, that history is what we thrive on. So, that's fun, man. That's so, going to be fun to see. So um, these guys are getting older. Um, the cars are getting older, and uh, it's it's young. It's tough for a young person to get involved in in this uh, this type of cars because they're getting more expensive, right? Yes and no, and that's a whole other problem. Is that um, the baby boomer generation is a generation of hoarders? There's a lot of product out there to be had, and this stuff was never expensive. But you've got a baby boomer generation who has grown up with affluency and they've collected all this stuff and now they're driving the prices up. You know, the prolific Roadster uh, Club of, of, is Los Angeles Roadsters. Now, when they were founded in the early 50s, <clears throat> they were founded by 18-year-olds rolling mm -hmm. these hot rods. Well, what 18-year-old can build a 32 Roadster nowadays? Very few. Yeah. Uh, even if you found the body and you did all the work, you still got $30,000 in it, would you say? Yeah, you know. And, and, and that's on the cheap side. You doing everything, the body's going to be, you know, pretty raw. Uh, and when I say raw, I mean rough. Um, but, yeah, you know, you run up to Roy Brizio's shop in San Francisco, and that same 32 Roadster is buck eighty. That's $180,000 to you and I. So you've got this big, huge gap, and that's also part of this process is filling in that gap, backfilling it with youth. Um, and, and other stops of the Blood Drive Car Show have a big youth component to them. Um, so we have a Blood Drive Car Show happening May 12th in Chicago, Illinois. At that show, we have the Boy Scouts. They're involved with Pinewood Derby, because if you're into little wood cars, then you're going to be into these life-size cars. <laughs> yeah. Then we've got a model, um, hobby model uh, store, who's donated 300 models that will allow kids to build a model for free and take it home with them from the show. So now we're getting cool. these kids actually building cars. 
Because if you can build a little plastic now car, you, going you can start kids. building a bigger car. Yeah. So that is all part of what we try to do is backfill this gap yeah. and get the youth involved. Um, and the youth are thirsting for knowledge, and that's, again, what Wall of Legends feeds back into. Um, you know, how did, how did this bright, beautiful paint come to be? Well, it started by a 16-year-old named Jesse Lopez working at a home paint store in, I think it was Bell Gardens, and he created the first formula that becomes candy lacquer, right? Wow. It's, it, it starts with the youth, but we have to get the phones out of their hands and get the tools in their hands. Yeah. So that's, that's how we're working to backfill this gap. That's phenomenal. That's great. Uh, you know, you want to preserve this, but you also want to preserve, preserve the appreciation. Cars, Absolutely. culture, even technique. Uh, get back to you. What do you listen in your cars? What kind of music you listen to? <laughs> well, I don't listen to music in the car because you can't hear the, mu- uh, the, the engine run. So, you know, so in the car, nothing. But at home, okay. it's a radio dial, it, it, much like Ink and Iron was. Um, you know, it's everything from uh, a little bit of rockabilly, psychabilly, Americana. I love old country. I love some new alternative country, but not radio play stuff. Um, but I also grew up and through the electronica era as well. So, <laughs> you know, you might catch me with a little house going sometimes with some right deep on. bass. Um, but then there's, you know, some chill music. So for me, I'm not locked in any one musical genre. It's one day I might feel Motorhead, and the next may it may be Paul Oakenfold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I am not, um, I, I, I just never let myself become trapped. Uh, there was an era in my life that, you know, my hair was down to my mid-back, and it was <laughs> heavy metal. So, you know, I've kind of gone through times and changes and morphed and learned and experienced it all just like all your cars right just like all your cars very fortunate just a blessed blessed existence that i've had i had another question man where you guys get your clothes at you guys are freaking sharp where where people go and buy like i I, you know i know where i can buy myself a good (laughs) t-shirt and some and some levi's but we're, we're fortunate enough to live in long beach all right, so we're, we're very fortunate to live in the city of Long Beach, and there's a lot of shops on 4th Street, you know, that, that sell, you know, our kind of clothes. Like Retro Row? Yeah. yeah. Right there, you know, you go to Sneaky yeah. Tiki, you know, you go to... Oh, Sneaky Tiki, bo- yeah. You know, if you want a little bit more upscale clothes, you know, you go there. Uh, you got La Bomba, which is right next to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like... It's a good fashion like, little street. You know, you can find good stuff there. And you have Greenspans. Greenspans. See, that's old that's school, man. That, that, that's that's uh, that's our town right there. Yeah. You know? So like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's why I know that I mean, one. But still, like, damn, you dudes looking flashy. Yeah. All everyone <laughs> in that culture looking flashy. I'm like, damn. Well, I mean, I mean. So, okay. Uh, so what? What would you say? Bomba. Like a bomba. You got meows. Uh, you got so retro tiki. row. Retro row. Yeah, okay. just between you know Cherry and uh, what is it? What's the other street? Uh, Junipero? Junipero, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right there. Hmm. You know, and then we got Greenspans. I mean, we all went to Greenspans. We were in high school, in yeah. junior high. You know, I mean, I used to wear Ben Davis all the time. Do that every... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, uh, I mean, you know... Where have I heard that name You know that name. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you know, I've, I've always, uh, 
you know, um, I, I, I was lucky enough Sharp. for my, my parents, you know, like, you know, Ooh. cared about the way I dress and, you know, kind of spoiled me a little bit. I'm glad you know, this is a podcast. <laughs> Everyone needs to hide their ladies around these two. Dudes, oh, right? man, come on. You know, again, <laughs> getting back in these periods that we drive these cars, there weren't T-shirts. They were, those were undershirts. There weren't tennis shoes. There were wingtips. Tennis shoe doesn't come around till about 76 when Phil McKnight creates Nike. So we've, as we've gone forward, we haven't necessarily gone forward. We've <laughs> kind of dropped back to it. And, and, and yeah, it's a more comfortable way to dress, tennis shoes, T-shirts. But, you know, we drive cars of style. It also bleeds over to what you I wear. Like that. I like that. You know? And so it's, it all kind of symbiotically lives together in the same room. If there's a kid, like, starting off and loves hot rods or, uh, or just old classic cars, where should he start? Like, what should he look for? This podcast. <laughs> as a car. Like, I mean, because of the prices and all that's going on. You guys know the scene. You guys see the cars and people selling them. And where could a person start? I mean, you'd probably have to go into somewhere like in the late 60s, right? Yeah, I mean, a good place to find a car on the cheap is Craigslist. You know, uh, my 58 Thunderbird, um, I found it in Indiana for 10 grand. Now, can a young kid have 10 grand? Well, probably not. But um, in other states, their economy is not such as, as, you know, California. California's economy is the fifth largest in the world, not just the United States. It's the world. So things are a little bit more expensive here. So if you look to other areas with... Uh, less economies, then you're going to find cars that are cheaper. Typically, you're going to find a cheaper car in that 64 to 67 range, whether it be a Comet or a Falcon. It's a car that you can start with. It's not where you're going to end up at, but you can start there. Get your hands dirty, you right? You get your hands dirty. You get your mind working. You, you start to get those creative juices flowing that you may have never known you had. So you don't certainly want to jump into a 50 Merc, because now you're you're talking about a rare pinnacle piece of of machinery. Um, you know, if you didn't own a Merc, you owned a Hudson Hornet. Those were your two moonshine running cars. Um, those are high dollar cars. Zephyrs. You know, now people want Zephyrs and and a bone stock Zephyrs, a hundred grand, hundred and twenty grand. And these are cars that used to be used as crash up derby cars. That's why there's so <laughs> few of them. Right. People just didn't care, and they just, oh, okay, that's our crash-up derby car. And, you know, America didn't see the future of where custom cars were going. And now Zephyrs, Mercs, Hornets, uh, these are, you know, uh, 40 Mercs. These are your cars that people are scouring the earth for. Right. Trace Edwards, Brian Dominguez, Blood Drive Car Show, March 3rd at the Queen Mary. Where are we again? What is this incredible radiator shop? This is Benny's radiator shop. Benny's radiator Benny. shop on PCH and Harbor. <laughs> yep. Benny himself is in the house here. He's like, I want to make sure none of you guys <laughs> break my shit. Um, it's been phenomenal having you guys. Uh, you guys, this, but this isn't the only show, right? You have two other shows like this in the books. Yeah. This again. This is our first year uh, of getting this, getting this whole ideology and and platform off the ground. So we start March in Long Beach. We then show up in Chicago May 12th, and then in September 
we're at Portland International Raceway. So first year, three shows. Uh, 2019, there'll be six shows. 2020, 12 shows. Right on. So it doubles, and the schedule will double every year till we max out at 24 shows for a year um, spread across America. So that, again, we're upping the awareness and the blood donations across a wide swath of America, and then, again, lowering the operating costs for the blood organizations themselves. I love what you're doing, man. Thank you so much for that. No, I mean, it's at this point in time in my life, I don't have kids. Um, the the, the, the fiancé has been kicked to the curb, and I'm looking for a bigger purpose in life, you know? Um, I got to pour something out, and, again, putting all this energy in and, and bringing all these people together just had to be a bigger purpose than, hey, come support me in my car show. That was right. a little hollow for me. Well... It's a great cause. You're a great dude. You're a phenomenal dude. I think you no. forgot more car history than I'll ever know. Like that's <laughs> hopefully I haven't forgotten anything. I'm a little too young to be forgetting shit, but yeah, I feel you. That it, thanks for taking the time to uh, you know sharing so much uh, history, history around Long Beach, history uh, with cars and, and 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 car creativity. I think it's phenomenal. I, I've learned a lot. Oh yeah. Is there anything we forgot to ask or anything that you want to um, um, let our listeners know? No, I mean, I think we've covered it. It's just uh, just for our listeners to learn that uh, whether they're tattooed or not, their blood is needed, and it will be America's citizens who take care of its citizens. Its government will not. It doesn't matter who's in the White House, who's in Congress, who's running the Senate. They don't take care of us. We take care of us as American citizens. So it's up to all of us to do our part, one pint at a time. Because when you're out of blood, you're out of luck. Website. What's the website? www.blooddrivecarshow.com. All right. Well, it's been amazing for us. Thank you again. Thank you for taking the time. Um, it, it, was, it was a real treat to have you guys on. Trace Edwards, Brian Dominguez, the pilot number 76. Good night. Enjoy.